So we're going to continue along the lines of our Sonship series. Like I said, this is the last one as far as I know it. Uh, but everything we did in this Sonship series and we taught in this Sonship series was light. Okay. We did not go in depth in this. Now, it, we, next year, we're going to do it different because every year we're going to teach Sonship. Every year we're going to deal with the orphan spirit. Why? Because it keeps popping back up. It's going to always, we, we have to talk about tongues again. Okay, every year we have to keep continue to teach the same thing over and over again. We'll go deeper. Okay, some stuff we'll talk about, you'll leave here, and a month later, you'll forget about it. And if you notice the way that I teach, I give you plenty of information. All right, because I want you to leave equipped. I want you to be able to digest what I'm teaching before I move on. All right, when you're in school, they don't teach you addition this week. Then next week, they're teaching you multiplication. You need to learn addition first. <laughs> you need to, matter of fact, you need to learn numbers first. They don't go from just mad, let's do add and send them subtracting. No, you got to learn numbers first. All right. Next year, the way we're going to do it is um, I might teach one message, but y'all going to teach. I'm going to give everybody a stage of sonship to teach. You can shake your, go ahead and clap. You can clap. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I told y'all this ain't Jay-Z and Rockefeller Records. Who are we? Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> we more like Wu-Tang Clan. Everybody does something and you will not see me do everything. All right. It's more teaching gifts in here. It's more preaching gifts, more prophesying. Matter of fact, as soon as I get done with this word, I'm turning it over to them prophets. Let them do what they do. Because the, the, you cannot be properly equipped until the whole fivefold ministry functions. You have to be graced in every single area. If you're not graced in every single area, you will be incomplete. Okay, this ain't got nothing to do with what we're talking about today. So let's get into this word today. The title of our message on today is Weos or Nothos. Weos or Nothos. Now, do we have the five stages up there? Do we have them up there? We didn't. It's okay if we don't. It is. Okay. These are the five stages of sonship. You have nepios, which is from zero to five years old. Now, this parallels with natural and the spiritual, okay, um, which is a preschooler. Then we have a pation, which is the ages from between six and 12, and it deals with elementary. All right. We have a technon, which is a teenager, between, ages between 13 and 19, which is a high schooler. Then we have the Nanisco, which is the ages of 20 to 39, which deals with the college and life. And then you have the Weas, who has seen an entire generation. All right. And so these are the five stages of sonship. Every believer has to go through these stages. All right. The indictment on the church is that we have not taken people through these stages and we have pastors that are still uh, nepios. We have prophets that are still nepios. We have evangelists that are still technons. OK, the Bible says that the harvest is ready, but the laborers are few. The laborers are few because they're immature. It ain't that people are not laboring, but when you labor immaturely, you destroy, you mess up the name. You're supposed to be here representing the name. But your behavior, your conduct, and your actions are not representing the name. And so we are here talking about Jesus. We are here talking about God. And, but then our behavior is not representing. And the reason why is because we have not matured. We've been in church for years. But how was we growing? How did we know we were growing? We grew religious. And so some people have to come in in this body and watch this. They'll never know, had known church, and they'll be able to grow in the stages. Some of us will come in here and you have to lose religion. You have to lose religion and start all over from the nepios and come up as a son. So the title of our message on the day is Weos or Nothos. Now, both of these words are, are the Greek words. Weos is the Greek word for fully mature child or a legitimate child, a legal child, a child that can have the destiny, that can have their purpose. Nothos is an illegitimate child. 
So on today, we're talking about legitimate children and illegitimate children. Amen. Y'all ready? So now when we are born again at the spirit level, all right, at the spirit level, because we are spirit, we are soul and we have a body. When you are born again, you are born again at the spirit level. So at the spirit level, you are one with Christ. All right. You are in Christ. You are a new creature, meaning you are holy. You are righteous. You are perfect in the father's eyes. Once you become a son of God, a child of God, you are no longer labeled as a sinner. This is it right here to heaven. To heaven. Okay. Once you are born again, heaven no longer labels you a sinner. Once you are born again, you are a child of God. Heaven no longer labels you a sinner. People might. The church might. But the father doesn't. So you are legitimate spiritually, but at the soul level, you are illegitimate. So where to it is you are righteous in the, in the spirit, you are unrighteous at your soul. All the development happens at the soul level. Once you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are 100% a God. You are 100% a child of God. You just don't think like that. And the Father can touch everything but your will. It is illegal for him to touch your will. It is illegal for him to invade planet Earth without our permission. So this is what we're growing up. We're growing up to take what belongs to us. So the job and the learning when you come here is for us to give the legitimate child, the legitimate child, a legitimate mindset so you can receive what belongs to you. Because everybody wants, don't we want? We want, we want, we want what belongs to us. We want what the Father has for us. We want the life that belongs to us. That's why I'm removing in this ministry uh, um, the, a desire for gifts over becoming children. So our first scripture, actually, I'm going to say our first scripture, the only passage of scripture we'll be coming from today is Hebrews chapter 12. Uh, yeah, Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll do verses 1 through 16, and then we'll get out of here because it is football season. Oh. Oh. Somebody was thinking about it. Somebody didn't show up because I guarantee you. <laughs> like, it's kickoff. It's like 1 o'clock. That brother teach too long. I get it. And it reads, Therefore, since we also have a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and sin that does that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. So the scripture is letting us know that, look, there is a race. It's a race. All right. It's a race. Race means that you have to get there and you have to get there in a time and, and there's other people involved in it. All right. A race means that you're trying to get somewhere, but you have to get there in a certain amount of time. It wouldn't have said race if we can just walk and we didn't have to get there at a certain time. <laughs> okay. And we miss portions of our life by not arriving. All right. It's something waiting for you right now, but you stuck in Nepios and you can't have it. It's something waiting on you right now, but you're stuck at a Pateon level and you can only have that at an Anisco level. It's certain things you can only have as a teenager that you cannot get as, a, as an infant. I've been letting Javon drive in the parking lot. Last week, he pulled right to the edge, almost going to the street. No, it ain't time. <laughs> You're not legal. We practicing right now. You don't have your license. You're not ready for that yet. But we're going to let you test it out. We're going to let you get familiar with the steering wheel, get familiar with how to put it in part. We're going to let you do all of that. But you're not ready for that right now. 
Some of us, that's what we are. And so it behooves you, like I tell you constantly, is take a season of your life and dig in. Everything that you, everything is going to be waiting on you when you get back. Ain't nothing going to change. <laughs> same people going to be doing the same thing. Matter of fact, with TV, everything on Netflix, everything you can just watch on the internet. You can let it pile up for, for years and then watch it. There's no need. God's setting us up. Y'all want to watch TV? Got you. Just record it. Verse 2, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and the perfecter of our faith. Now, in some versions, it says the author and the finisher, but the source and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despised the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the Father. Now, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus because Jesus took his purpose, he took his destiny, and he operated in it under the authority of the Father. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. The Bible says he's the author. He's the source. Author is the pioneer one who takes the lead and sets the example. So the father sent him here, told him, this is what I want you to accomplish. Through his ministry, he showed us how to get it done. Keep your eyes on him. Don't try to be Jesus. That's why the Bible says that we are in Christ. We are not in Jesus, but we are in Christ. So you have to take the spirit man, okay, that was in Jesus' body and understand that you have the same spirit you have the same Holy Spirit upon you and you have to go after your destiny. You don't have Jesus' destiny. I don't at least. Who wants the cross? Oh, okay. See, Jesus, the, diff the difference between me and Jesus is for one, he came from heaven, all right? But Jesus wasn't married. I can't live my life like Jesus. <laughs> Dr. Hardy ain't gonna let me. I didn't even know she was in here. <laughs> Jesus didn't have no kids. Okay? So we're, we're not trying to live our life like Jesus. We're trying to live our life under the same relationship that he lived his life under. We're not trying to be him. So he says, keep your eyes on Jesus. So the source or the author is the pioneer who takes lead and sets the example. The perfecter is one who has in his own person raised the faith to his perfection and so set before us the highest example of faith. So he's the author and he's the perfecter of how we see and understand the father in his world. Keep your eyes on him. Don't keep your eyes on Paul. Don't keep it on Peter. Don't keep it on Moses. Don't keep it on Elijah. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We're after that relationship. You should want nothing. If you don't want anything else out this Bible, you want his relationship. You want that relationship that he had with the Father. But what happens in the church, we don't want the relationship. We want the miracles. We want the excitement. If you brag about anything, you better brag about the relationship. When it came to miracles, he said, don't tell nobody. When it came to being his father, he said, tell everybody. We got it backwards. <laughs> we tell everybody about the miracles, signs, and the wonders we do, but we can't tell nobody about the relationship. Verse 3. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. Keep your eyes on Jesus. He lets you know. If they don't like me, they're not going to like you. But since your mind is not set on him, you got a problem with people not liking you. When he said, blessed are you if you are persecuted for my name's sake. So that's part of the blessed life. Who in here blessed? Well, a part of the blessed life is you being persecuted for his namesake. Part of you being blessed is you being poor in spirit, being meek. Now, you know Jesus was meek. 
Anytime he tell them, look, I can have two, I can have two legions come right now and shut the whole party down. He's, didn't he say that? He said, I have two legions. Now, a legion is 2,000 angels. He said, I can have 4,000 angels come right now and just finish the whole job off. Meekness. He's on the cross late and they teasing him. Uh, he helped other people, but he can't help himself. I know his, at least his toenail was twitching. I know he wanted to. I, you can't tell me. I know he wanted to at least make him go blind for two minutes. <laughs> I would. That's why he said, follow Jesus, not me. Verse four. But no, that's why it says, for consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and give up. The church grows weary and gives up because they think because they're saved, nobody's supposed to come up against them. <laughs> if you ain't got no enemies, you on the wrong track. If they ain't talking about you, you ain't doing nothing. I don't know if the thing is true about your ears itching and somebody talking about you. Or they just dirty. I don't know. <laughs> but I cleaned them and they were still itching. So I figured people was talking about me. <laughs> Verse 4. In struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. What are you saying? Stop crying. People just talking about you. Now, what are we talking about? legitimate son <laughs> illegitimate son because it's a reason why we don't want to endure things is because partially we're illegitimate partially we're illegitimate because we don't know how to be legitimate anytime jesus jesus shed his blood so that we could have his life come on the bible says that he being rich became poor that through his poverty you might become rich he's saying my mindset was on another level that's why the bible says look my ways and my thoughts are far from yours his ways his thoughts were far from us he came down here to give us his mindset to give us his relationship or give us the abundance so he be he he left the kingdom to give us the kingdom he left a heavenly mindset to give us a heavenly mindset. That's why the Bible says don't look at things on earth, but look at heavenly things. Mm. He downgraded himself to upgrade you. Imagine that. That's we are stuff. That's why Paul can say that I become all things that I might win some. Sometimes you have to downgrade yourself. You can't be super spiritual all the time. All right. Sometimes it's just sit back and talk to somebody. I don't care if they is drinking a beer. Don't attack the beer. Just get to know the person. <laughs> just get to know the individual. We first thing we want to do is you shouldn't be smoking that cigarette. You shouldn't be prideful. Oh. Here I go. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't be jealous. But the problem is you can't put that in your mouth and smoke it. So we can't see it. So we can't say nothing about it. This is what sin is. Sin is doing it the way heaven wouldn't do it. Y'all with me? Sin is you doing it the way heaven wouldn't do it. How many people you know sinning? Come on, stop playing. We make, I told you, I've been telling you, we make sin up. We make up what we think sin is to appease our righteousness. And we make people feel like they don't want to come to church. Because all we're going to do is point out, that's your problem. That's your problem. Who in here ain't got no problems? The pastor got problems. Y'all might not want to come back if that's the situation. I got issues. All right. Verse 5. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. Read that again. You have forgot the exhortation that addresses you as sons, as we us, 
as fully mature children. You have forgot the exhortation. You have forgot the encouragement. You you have forgot the statement of faith that addresses you as a child of God. You forgot it. This is it. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved or corrected by him. You forgot that. So every time you go through a situation, every time you get corrected, you think he's trying to take you out. Every time you get corrected, you shrink back. Why? First off, because you have to learn how to hear the voice of God. And the only way to hear the voice of God is to hear it according to relationship one and nature. You have to hear it according to the relationship. So he says, my son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. Verse six, for the Lord's, the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. So he disciplines who? Huh. He disciplines. Now, this is what discipline means. To mold the character by correcting them and admonishing them because he loves them. So he molds and shapes your character, correcting you, admonishing you. Uh, or let, let me say it like this. He molds your character by reproof, meaning disapproval. So he finds things in your life and he says, I don't agree with that. Stop doing that. Don't do that. Don't say that. Why is he doing that? Because he loves you. Then it says he does it through admonition, which is authoritative counsel and warning. Now, how does he do that? He does it through an audible voice. He does it through unctions. How many of y'all know you have to do something wrong? You feel it's wrong and you still do it. How many of y'all have done that? Okay, let me go first. <laughs> he, that's him speaking to you. Letting you know, I disapprove of that. He does it through unctions. He does it through the voice. He does it through leadership. He does it through the fivefold ministry. How else does he do it? Through community. He does it through community. He does it through prophecy, through gifts of the spirit, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, prophetic messages, teaching. Then it says he punishes every son he receives. So if he receives you, he's going to punish you or he's going to discipline you by way of whooping your butt sometimes. You know how to grab one hand or tell you go get the switch? Y'all ain't old. Some of y'all are too young for that. <laughs> now, to punish means to mold the character by disciplining. Now, he does this through visions. He does it through dreams. He does, does it through prophecy. He does it through by taking things away from you. He does it by not allowing you to advance in certain areas. Certain things we want. We talk about the Bible says that his, the, his gifts and promises are what? Yes and, and amen. When he's saying amen, he's saying what? You ain't ready for this. You say, Father, can I have this? Amen. Who wants to? It's not an answer. Amen. <laughs> He's letting you know you can't have that. But when it's yours, he lets you know by way of unction, by way of prophecy, by way of visions, by way of dreams. He lets you know this is yours. He will keep back influence from you. You're gifted. You're talented. You have a lot to give the kingdom. But your maturity level, you're not ready. So he keeps you blinded. He keeps you hidden in front of everybody because you're not ready. He keeps your affluence away because you're not really ready to, ready to attain the wealth that belongs to you. Why? Because as soon as you get it, you're going to crap on everybody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I, can I tell a story? Okay. He said, hey, man, because me and him was having a dialogue. Now, this was B.C., all right, before Christ, all right? <laughs> and we're having a conversation, and he has this brilliant idea 
the investors are there. We're talking about starting off at 40 million. And we've been best friends for 30 years. So the way we always done things, trust me, I got at least, I got some of that coming. All right. I know it because of our friendship. But he is on a vengeance. He knows he's going to get this money. And he's like, as soon as I get this money, I'm about to bloop, bloop, doom, 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 every. And I'm like, bruh, no. Don't do that, bruh. Because in my head, I'm thinking, if you do that, you're going to prevent it from happening. Or if he lets you get it, you're going to destroy yourself. You're going to destroy yourself. He was like, look, no, we finna let everybody have it who gave us these problems. Boo, boo, boo. No, we not. We can't do that, okay? Plus, when you get millions of dollars, you want to keep that to yourself, especially if you got kids. <laughs> y'all don't know the game, do y'all? I hang out with, I hung out with the cartel people. They, you, they used to have a saying in the hood, you campaign it, it will get elected. She said, that's it. She's from Chicago, too. All right. Meaning, if you, you can't just go out, you got $10 million, they will kidnap your kids and tell her, give us all of it. You got to be very careful with how you make moves. But I was telling them, I was like, bro, you can't do that. And the father loved him so much that he canceled the deal. Because he loved him so much. Because he know if I give him this millions of dollars, he going to... This is where we are in Christianity. We, he wants us to have everything. Anytime Paul says, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. His riches. First of all, he said he's going to supply all your needs. Now, humanly thinking, the first thing that comes to your mind is water, food, clothes. Until you get an understanding that he predestined you. So when, he, when you understand that he predestined you, you begin to understand that the needs is according to what he predestined you to do. Oops. If he called you to teach, he going to give you revelation. If he called you to sing, he going to sign everything that you need to get that done. He called you to be a business person. Everything that you need is going to align as soon as you mature and lose the orphan spirit. It belongs to you. He wants you to have it more than you do. Verse 7. Can you hold it to afterwards? Can you write it down and hold it to afterwards? Okay. I want to answer it too. Verse 7. Endure suffering as discipline. I'm going to say that at least five more times. Endure suffering as discipline. Endure suffering as discipline. Endure suffering as discipline. Don't see suffering as he's trying to hurt you. He's trying to take you out. He doesn't love me. I, I must have done something wrong with he. Come on, y'all know the stuff that the devil pushed through your mind. You know why he pushing it through your mind? Because you ain't been praising. You ain't been announcing to your soul who you are. And because you have not been doing that, he's announcing to your soul who he wants you to be. Endure suffering as discipline. The we are child mindset when it comes to suffering is this is discipline. My father loves me. He already told me he'll never leave me. He already told me he'll never forsake me. That's not an issue. He already told me that he gave his son with that. How much more will he not give me all things free? He told me he gave me the spirit so that I can know all things freely. He's already set the precedence for how you should think and how you should feel. But you have to mature into that. You have to mature into that. You have to endure suffering as discipline. I told you about the prayer call. People want to get on the prayer call. And, and every time someone don't get on there, me and my wife got a thing. If the women don't get on there, she do it. If the men don't get on there, I do it. Men. And so when people don't get on the prayer call, you can hear Satan. You can hear him. He want to say everything. You ain't called. They don't believe in you. They just doing it because of this and that. You hear all. You hear it all. But 
when you mature, you look at it like this. My father must just want me to practice prayer. That's it. And let nothing else enter. I'm not going, because Chris is going to prayer call, now when I see him, I'm cold-shouldering. Because <laughs> you're immature. Because somebody didn't do what you told them to do, now you want to remove affection, you want to remove love. No, don't do that. Endure it as suffering, as discipline. I'm the one he's trying to check. He want to see, before I send more people in here, how you going to deal with the ones that's already in here? <laughs> You have to endure suffering as discipline. Watch this. When you do it, this is what you're saying. God is dealing with me as a son. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? I'm his child. He's going to discipline me. I should expect it. There's no way you can expect growth without discipline. There's no way you can expect growth without being corrected. When we do marriage counseling sessions, I always do this thing called the test-taking theory. It's most time it's men, all right? Sometimes it's women, most time it's men. It's called the test-taking theory. Don't write the test, take the test, and grade the test. You can't do that, bro. You can't do that, sis. You can't write the test, take the test, and grade the test. That means nobody can tell you anything. Somebody's supposed to write the test, you take the test, and let somebody else grade it. You said you powerful by your test, <laughs> according to your test. You said you all that according to your test. Ask somebody else. How about that? Ask somebody else. Are you humble? Ask somebody else. <laughs> Are you powerful? Ask somebody else, do you love? Stop making your own test. Taking your own test and grading your own test. There's no discipline there. Mm. Hallelujah. I didn't need to resonate for a second. Verse 8, but if you are without discipline, which, which, hold on, I can't read that word after which. What did it say? All, oh. <laughs> what did it say? <laughs> which all do what? Receive, so don't reject it. His sons do what? His children receive. They don't reject But if you are without discipline, which all receive, which all receive, you can't say you are a child of God without discipline. All children receive discipline. All children of God receive correction to mold and shape your character. All of us. And you don't know who you're going to receive it from. That's the wonderful part of it, because it's not going to always come from a pastor. Sometimes it's going to come from one of them teenagers. Sometimes it's going to come from a sinner. It's just to see where you are. I ain't build, we're not building no church of people, of, of victims. Well, they just miss, they just get on money. They're always talking about, yeah, good. That's good. My boss coming again. No, he ain't. <laughs> you think he coming against you. Because of the way you're seeing it. You're not seeing the suffering as discipline. You think they're coming against you. No, they're not. He just want to see. The Bible says that he's going to shake the earth again. This time when he shake it, he, he want to shake it to see what remains. He want to see what remains. Sometimes your world gets shooken to see if you fall with it. To see how solid you are. Are you anchored? Sometimes it just happened to see, is this what you really want? The children of Israel, they didn't just walk into the promised land. No, we're going to take you through a three-day journey. <laughs> what, 11-day journey? Take, come on. 
Why? Because he had to develop them. If I just take you right to the promised land without any type of hindrances, you get there, but you don't appreciate it. That's why when we do marriage counseling sessions, we tell people, like, look, it's three things you have to do. The first thing you got to do when you get married is you're going to have to repair one another. You're going to have to repair one another. The next thing you're going to have to do is build one another. And the next thing after that is just maintain that. But the issue in marriages, in relationships, and this happened in every relationship, is nobody wants to repair and build. Nobody. You want somebody that's going to come and they just turn key. They do everything you say. They do it how you say it. They do it when you say it. And that ain't going to happen because the father knows that there's no strength in a relationship where everything works perfect. It has to be a fight. It has to be a, a battle. We're going to disagree in here. The Bible says it. The Bible, Paul said there has to be disagreements in the church to see who's right. It's going to be disagreements. If a disagreement means that we don't belong together, then you need to go sit in the corner by yourself. All children receive discipline. All those who don't receive discipline, the Bible said they are illegitimate children. But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. So all those who receive discipline are legitimate children. All those who won't receive it are illegitimate. He said, look, if, you, if I can't raise you, then you can't mature. Then there's no point of us doing this. Because you, you want, you want, you want, but if you're not willing to mature, you can't have it. And I can't just give it to you. I told you the father loves us so much that he had to put things in order because he just want to give us everything. He wants to give us everything. But how many of you know in the natural that's dangerous? I'm trying to figure out now how I come from Chicago, live in the neighborhood I live now, and how to make them kids understand where I came from. It's impossible. You can't give somebody your lifestyle. I can't make them see the streets of Chicago. I can't make them see the hood. They grow up, grew up in Bella Landon. And... (laughs) I wanted it for them, but somehow I want them to go through some stuff too. Illegitimate children are considered bastards. Ones born not lawful of wedlock. Scoundrels. They have a thing where, you know, I ain't gonna say y'all know, okay. You ain't my daddy. That's what a bastard. You you ain't my daddy. You don't tell me what to do. You're illegitimate because the father can't tell you what to do. You don't want his the purpose and and plan he has for your life. You're gonna make your own. You're illegitimate. Y'all good? Okay, I'm just making sure. When you are illegitimate, you are considered one born not lawful of wedlock, but of a concubine or a female slave. Ishmael. Ishmael. Although Ishmael was born by the seed of Abraham, he did not come in the way that he told him because the seed, the inheritance was only going to be given to Sarah's child. So Ishmael, although he was his son, he was still considered illegitimate and he could not have the inheritance. Where there's illegitimacy, there's no likeness. There's no similar nature. You don't want the things the father want. Where there's illegitimacy, there's no inheritance. There's no position. He seated us in heavenly places with Christ, but that's only for legitimate. 
and you wonder why you have problems because when you're seated in heavenly place, you're far above every rule, every authority, every principality. So you far above every angel, whether it's holy or demonic. When you're illegitimate, those things are above you. Verse 9, furthermore, we had fathers discipline us and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the father of spirits and live? So that's a natural law and a spiritual law. It's a natural law that we have to submit to an earthly father. If you want to be raised correctly, you have to have an earthly father. Matter of fact, an orphan by definition is not one who does not have parents. It's one who doesn't have a father. You can have mama. You can have a mother. But if the father's not there, by definition, scriptural, you are an orphan. So, we, so it says, furthermore, we had human fathers discipline us, and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the fathers of spirits and live? Now, why should we submit even more to him? Because we were subject to men that raised us and they had no idea what we would turn out to be. They didn't know. They just set us on a course because they thought if you do it this way, you can eventually become something. But with our heavenly father, he already knows. He already knows what he's called you to do. Submit to him and live. Submit to the father of spirits and live. If there's a dead area in your life, it's because you have not submitted to the father. So you are not living. You don't have your stuff because you have not submitted to the father. We didn't say submit to religion. We didn't say submit to going to church. You have to submit to a father. All that takes place outside outside these four walls. It's when he tell you to pray. It don't have nothing to do with what we see. That's why I told you this might be the only church in America where I don't tell you to look at your neighbor and say something. <laughs> look at that word. That's the mirror. Verse 10. For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seems good to them. But he does it for our benefit. Nobody want to hear that, do you? So that we can share in his holiness. So the discipline is coming so we can share in his holiness because his world only responds to holiness. You're either holy or unholy. If you're unholy, you you attract demonic presence. If you're holy, you attract angelic presence. So I'm doing this for your benefit. This is for your benefit. I want you to share in my holiness. Now, the only way you can become holy is you first have to become humble. Humility is emptying yourself out so the Father can be all in you. Humility leads to worship. So you empty yourself out, then you go before the Father. You say, teach me this, remove this from me, impart this in me, and praise So humility empties you out. Worship imparts. And the end result is holiness. The end result is holiness. He says, for they discipline us for a short time. They couldn't make us holy. But he does it for our benefit so that we can share in his holiness. We as children look for discipline. They look for discipline. Why? Because they know what it produces. They know what it produces. If you're trying to be holy, you're looking to be corrected. You're looking for it. Kids who have fathers who never disciplined them, I can show you the statistics. But you never met a child who father disciplined them. I ain't say abuse, all right? (laughs) Who disciplined them. And when they grew up to become a man, 
They were bitter. Never. Never. The bitter ones always are the ones who father wasn't there. Nobody cared. Nobody corrected me. So I'm 50 and I still think like I'm 15. When you want to grow, you're going to look to be corrected. You're going to find, correct me, I don't care, find something. <laughs> Tie my shoes, okay. <laughs> you're going to look for it. But when you don't, when you're illegitimate, you run from it. You run from it. Verse 11. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Can we get an amen? But later on, later on, it don't feel good when you do it, when you're going through it, but later on, can we get through now and get to later on? I got news for you. When you get to later on, it's going to be some more discipline. Why? Because we're moving the levels. The Nepios is disciplined a certain way to move to Pateon. The Pateon is disciplined a certain way to move to Technon. The Technon is disciplined to move to Nanisco. The Nanisco is disciplined to move to a Weas. The Weas looks for discipline. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields, 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 harvest. Yields, it yields a harvest. It yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. Mm. That's the harvest. You allow yourself to be disciplined because you allowed it, you have a peace. It yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been. What's that word start with a T? Huh? Trained. Trained. What does that mean? What does that mean? Discipline and giving instructions, told what to do. When you get a new job, they assign you somebody and they say, they're going to train you. When we was in the military, you had to be trained to be a soldier. You don't just go and, and sign up for the military and then go be a soldier. No, you have to go through basic. And the purpose of basic training is to, one, weed out the weak. Weed out the weak. When we was in the military, we had people talking about they're going to commit suicide. You know why they were saying that? Because they wanted to go. Because they told us the first day there, we in a war room, they says, based on the job that you do, in real-time war, I was a combat engineer. So I dealt with explosives. I did uh, uh, building bombs and stuff like that. They told us, they said, in real-time war, your life expectancy is nine seconds. You see how you just looked? That's how they felt. <laughs> you want to leave after that? I said to myself, Lord, what have you got me into? Because he told me to go to the military. I know why. Because I was from Chicago. <laughs> I needed all the training I could get before I came into the church. And I still probably need some more. Okay? But they were saying, look, I'm going to kill myself so they can get out. Someone was saying they're homosexual. They weren't homosexual, but they were letting them, they were letting them find letters saying that they were homosexual so they have a reason to leave. Oh, when you're under pressure. When you're under pressure and you have to be trained, see, training does not feel good. Or oh, is that what the scripture says? It doesn't feel good. When you got to go to the gym, you got to get that body right. That's why most of us don't go. You don't want the pain of training. You don't want to deal with the rigor of that. 
verse 12. Therefore, strengthen your, ha- your tired hands and weak knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but healed instead. You see where he wants you to go with this? Pursue peace with everyone. You got to be a we This is mature children stuff. The problem with the church is we don't know how to take a person who is immature and raise them up. So we expect everybody to do this. Everybody can't follow peace. If so, then everybody can't follow peace with all men and holiness. You have to grow into that. As a nephew, somebody get in your face talking trash, what you about to do? You going to whoop them or get whooped. One of them going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what your hands like. Can't testify to that. You're going to tell somebody off. Somebody going to say something to you, and it's going to be in your head for the next six months, challenging them by yourself in the shower. (laughs) Y'all know what I'm talking about. Stop playing. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. I told you Satan used to be an angel. He know that the angels are messengers sent to minister to those who are the heirs of salvation. He know that angels have access to the souls of human beings for the purpose of ministering to them. Satan knows that. So he know if they can minister to, so can I. If the angels can talk, if Michael can talk, I can talk. And Satan, the name means opposition. Devil means accuser. So Satan is one individual, but his flock is demons. So the opposer Tells his army, I don't care what you do. Just make them uncomfortable. I don't care. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of comfort. The demonic spirit is the spirit that makes you constantly uncomfortable. He never wants you to get familiar with this relationship. He always wants to make you feel like you're a failure. God don't want you. The church don't like you. Nobody in the building respects you. Your anointing ain't there. You ain't got no power. He always wants to make you feel like that. And religion... He has used them to help. He's used religion to help. When when Jesus was in the wilderness tempted by Satan, he said, if you fall down to worship with me, worship me, I will give you my kingdom and all its glories for they have been handed over to me. Now, he letting you know, I got some stuff I can give to you. But what I want you to see is this. He said that those kingdoms have his glory. So, the glory of our Father's kingdom is joy. Kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Spirit. Satan says, no, I'm going to oppose that. The glory of my kingdom is not righteousness, but unrighteousness. It's not peace, but it's constantly making sure I disturb you. It's not joy because I want you depressed and oppressed. So when Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he says that we don't have the same father, your father is Satan. That was one of the kingdoms that Jesus rejected. Because religion is a satanic kingdom. Anything that does not get you to the father is making you religious. Pursue peace with everyone and holiness. Without it, no one would see the Lord. Or you would not be acquainted with him by experience. You would never experience the things of the kingdom until you grow up. I know religion told you this scripture meant you would not go to heaven. <laughs> because religion is tomb- religion is a tombstone. It's a tombstone. All it talks about is you you seen a tombstone before? Rest in peace. And then they got the year you were born, the year you died. That's all religion talk about. It's being born again and going to heaven. <laughs> the dot in the middle that represents the life is the most important thing, and we don't talk about that. We're a tombstone. It's either die, it's either born again or going to heaven. What are we gonna do on earth? 
We got to grow up. We got to grow up. We need our inheritance. You, the, her, the inheritance ain't for heaven. <laughs> Power and authority is not for heaven. What are you going to do with authority in heaven? What are you going to do with some authority in heaven? Get all you can here. Get all the power you can here. Bill Johnson said it best. He said, there's no need for power. He said, power is needed on earth unless after we get to heaven, the Father let us take a field trip to the lake of fire and play with some demons. <laughs> Verse 15. Make sure that no one falls short of the grace of God. And then no root of bitterness springs up, causing trouble and defiling many. In other words, make sure you don't worship Satan. But most importantly, make sure you don't fall short of the grace of God. Grace is for growing. Say it again. Grace is for growing. You don't live by grace. Grace is so you can grow. The moment you stop growing and maturing, grace stops. Grace is for growing. Grace is not so you can see how much you can sin and be forgiven. Grace deals with your destiny. The more you live and practice sin, practice, practice, practice. That's the word. Not sinning, practicing sin. The boy, you practice, wake up with an agenda of sin. You can practice righteousness and you can practice sin. The way you end up practicing sin or unrighteousness is because you're not practicing righteousness, which meaning you're not praying, you're not fasting, you're not giving, you're not reading your word, and you have no spiritual community. And you can never grow in Christ outside of the community. So don't fall short of the grace of God. The, this is the grace. He has not let Satan take you out. Satan wants to. He wants to. Not because of you, but because he can get to people who you're supposed to be attached to. He wants your destiny. He don't want to kill nobody. Everybody here born again believer? If you're not, let me know. Okay. He doesn't want to kill born again believers. Why? Because you're going to be with the Father. And that really upsets him. <laughs> he wants to get you offended. He wants to get you to leave the church. He wants to get you to not get your destiny. He wants people to look at your life and not be able to see the Father, not be able to see the blessings. What you said, you're going to testify anyway. Okay. What he was telling me yesterday is that he went through a situation, and it was just he was just at Home Depot. He needed some help for his house, and somebody was with him. And he'd been trying to tell him about the Father the whole time, been trying to tell him about God, but they ain't been listening. And so he in Home Depot, and he's like, I need help with this stuff. And so one of the employees just come over there and say, this is what we need, this is what we need, this is what we need. So his brother like, what you mean we? What you mean we? Oh, I'm going to do this for y'all. His brother said, I never doubt your relationship again. That's simple, ain't it? That's simple. He just purchased a new property, a new home, and was going through some stuff with the property, and then that happens. That's why you went through the stuff. You, you get it? That's why you had to go to Home Depot. Because sometimes we think that people are against us. No, you had to go to Home Depot so he could see. Endure discipline, suffering as Discipline. Verse 16, and make sure that there isn't any immoral or irreverent person like Esau who sold his birthright in exchange for a single meal. I'm about to close, all right? Before I close, I want to say this. Don't exchange your destiny for your appetite. That's Nepio stuff. Your appetite can prevent your destiny. 
Jesus' life was a life of a legitimate son, not an illegitimate. Jesus' ministry was a ministry of by done by a legitimate son, not an illegitimate son. Before Jesus got a ministry, the father was what? Pleased with him. He was pleased. Before he got the ministry, he wasn't pleased because he cast out devils. He wasn't pleased because he opened the, uh, the blind eyes. He wasn't pleased because he turned water to wine. He was pleased because at 12 years old, he was in a temple. He was in a temple. I got to be about my father's business. 18 years later, Holy Spirit comes upon him. And that's a whole nother topic. That's a whole nother, because we think as Nepios, we got the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You got enough Holy Spirit to get your butt to patty on. <laughs> Jesus taught and set the example of how to be a legitimate son. I only do what my father tell me to do. He wasn't just saying it. It wasn't just some words that he used. It wasn't a hashtag. I only do what my father say. <laughs> it wasn't that. He said, the son can only do what he sees the father do. Is that, is that what the word said? Okay. I got a revelation right here. So I got to ask y'all again. Is that what he said? He said he only do what he see the father do. He didn't say seen. He didn't say seen. Because we want to make it like he's seen all this stuff in heaven. Seeing is to perceive with the soul. He's seen Pharisees. He's seen Sadducees. He's seen scribes. He's seen Herod. But he only did what he see the father do. So what is he telling you? By way of his ministry, focus on the father. Focus on the father. Don't focus on the Pharisees. Don't focus on Sadducees. Don't worry about the government. All that's going to end. This is the eternal relationship that started when you were born again. That should be your only focus. It's the only thing that ain't going nowhere. Everything else is leaving. It is gone. It is going to leave. The government, gone. In four years, they won't even talk about Donald Trump. <laughs> we won't even be talking about that no more. Four years from now, we ain't talking about Barack. His eight years over. It passed. Now we're talking about another president. That's why the Bible tells you, don't focus on the things that are Temporary. Focus on the things that are eternal. And the way you do it is like this. Just say to yourself this. If I die right now, what will matter? Who cares who president is? <laughs> who cares? You die right now, what, does, what difference does that make? Who the president is? If you die right now, what does it matter to Corona. What does it matter, coronavirus? You in an eternal relationship worry about a temporary thing. We've seen viruses. We've seen pandemics. It's temporary. I ain't got no time for no news. I, I need to watch it because I need to be better informed. Okay, I do. I admit, I need to be better informed. But for what? <laughs> I just need to be better informed just, you know, just to be, just get some information, all right? But why would I put stock into something that could draw me no interest. <laughs> that is a falling stock. It's, don't focus on temporary things. Focus on the things that are eternal. If it ain't eternal, why are we focusing on it? You ain't got no money today? Okay. <laughs> today? Have you not ever had money before? Have you not seen money come and go? With your heart and heart. 
Jesus said, my meat and my drink is to do the will of my father. I'm just telling y'all we are stuff. Jesus said, I have no will. You got to grow into that. See, we expect people to say that the moment they come into the church. They got a will for them. (laughs) I played on the word. Okay, whatever. Wheel, car, wheel. Oh, God. Nobody. It's a rapper thing. Jesus 